that's what I've always wanted to do with my life was make people happy. And if you can make somebody smile a day, your day is done. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. Episode 78, I think, Josh? Something like that? Yeah, 78. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is my main man, my partner in Instagram Crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hey, good morning, everyone. Cowabunga. Cowabunga, man. So, how have you been doing lately? Uh, not too bad. I've been tired, man. Just, uh, <laughs> we've been short-staffed at work. This is the part of the year where everyone's taking vacation. Oh, yeah. And I got to take vacation about two weeks ago. I was gone for a week, and I went to Indiana to visit family. And my vacation was just a bust, you know. It, it oh, really? really? <laughs> yeah, I kind of because I didn't. We didn't see anybody. I mean, we saw my parents. We yeah. spent most of the time with my parents, which was fine, which is great. I miss my parents. Sure, sure. And they were really the ones I wanted to see anyway. But like, I didn't see anyone else. I understand. You know, a lot yeah. of times I'll go to my old hometown, and it's like, oh, I, I make all these plans. Like, actually, one of the last times I went back to my old town in Robbinsville. Yeah. I wanted to go see Landon. I wanted to go see my buddy Anthony. And, you know, just just some old friends of mine, and mm. nobody was home. I was like, oh man! So I was just kind of stuck at the house doing, yeah. helping my dad with some work, uh, pretty much all sure. day. Yeah, you know, I I I went back to my hometown of uh, Chesterton in Indiana, and it just kind of looks different, mm-hmm. and like people are it's like my old town became like a hipster haven, and I immediately hated <laughs> my old town. <laughs> Oh, God, you people need to tuck in your shirts and shave, all right? That's what needs to happen. <laughs> oh, well, I can't say anything, man. I've been growing my beard out. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you, like, keep it neat and, like, really, like, I try to grow a beard and it just eventually I just, like, kind of look homeless and I just shave it off. That's me. I'm, I'm vain. But, like, <laughs> my big thing is is to just, like, keep the neck clean because yeah, yeah. a neck beard looks absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and just keep your... Keep your stuff trim. Right, you know? right. Well, Lumberjacks don't even have these long, bushy beards, and the ones that do are homeless. Okay? <laughs> Stop trying to look like a homeless person. Yeah, well, for me, I mean, the more you cover up, the better, so. Oh, you're good, man. Don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, speaking of which, I think I told you this earlier, man. I found some gray hair in my beard. Jeez, I'm getting old. And I'm I younger than you. I don't. I don't even have gray hair. And I know. I'm four years older than you. Jeez, I don't know what it is. It's that you're the teaching man. Three years older than you. Yeah. Yeah, you're like at least ten. Ten years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, I guess I should have said this at the top of the show. We have a really cool uh, episode lined up for you. We are going to be covering the free comic book day comic, which I was surprised at how good it was. 
Oh, this um, is good. Yeah, yeah, really, really sets the groundwork for a lot of interesting things. So we're going to be covering that real quick. And uh, also, uh, probably our main feature is we're going to be having the super fan herself, Miss uh, Michelle Ivy, on our show here uh, in a little bit. So we're hoping to get her on here in about uh, a little over a half hour. So yeah. uh, we got a lot of cram, a lot to cram in in a little bit of time. So I'll, I'll go ahead and just start right away, man. So have you had any uh, Ninja Turtle pickups lately? Yeah, actually, one came in the mail. Well, four came in the mail yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, go right ahead. Is it the NECA um, turtles that just came out? The four turtles. You know what? Oh no, no, no! Those don't come out until Comic Con. No. Oh, okay, gotcha. No, I'm I'm not getting those because uh, even though yeah, Shredder and Krang look pretty cool. And it comes in a box set of eight figures, but the turtles are just repaints of the turtles that came out last year. In my opinion, that right there is not worth two figures. Is not worth two hundred dollars. I'm not giving them any more of my money. Yeah, it's they really happening. don't look that different. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of disappointed with them. And fans listening, if you want the best version of the of Ninja Turtles action figures inspired by that '87 cartoon. Go to Big Bad Toy Store or go on Amazon and look up SH Figuarts TMNT figures. And oh, yeah. yeah, look those up. They're a little pricey. They're sixty bucks a figure, but that's because they're half diecast metal figures. And the reason the, the uh, lower half is diecast metal, the reason for it is so you can do really dynamic poses without the need of a figure stand. Ah, nice. And How much are those? 60 bucks a piece they're probably a little cheaper wow, i mean i've seen that's, that's not bad they're not when you consider i mean they're only they're manufactured in japan and imported here yeah you know i mean but they i've got all four of them right up here on the wall and those are my absolute favorite ninja turtle figures outside of the original series wow when you talk about modern stuff those are my absolute favorites the sculpts are amazing they come with alternate heads uh, multiple sets of hands, uh, multiple accessories for you to play around with. There's talk of a Shredder figure coming out this year, but Ooh. who knows? Um, that hasn't been confirmed, but they showed it off at Toy Fair last year, or uh, Comic-Con and then Toy Fair this year. Um, but awesome. anyway, back to Turtle Pickups. I got the original uh, 1989, 89? maybe 1990, I think. The original variants for the Ninja Turtles. You know, I've got the undercover Donatello. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I got the uh, sewer surfing Michelangelo. Oh, with the board. Very cool. With, with the board, yeah. These are all complete. Um, I got the Space Cadet Raphael. Oh, I love it, ever, man. Ever since you did a review of that, I wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to get Space Cadet Raphael, i got to get the original. i got to get all the other ones. Oh, I'm so jealous. And then the Sewer Samurai Leo. Very awesome, man. That is, I really like the early Samurai Leo. I actually like yeah. that one better than the movie ones. You know, yeah, from the I third film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to. I know I have a no variant rule, but there are certain. Yeah, here there we are. Go. A, there are, and I mean, there, I'm going to give you an argument as to why only certain variants make the cut with me. Okay. Because first off, I don't want a thousand Raphaels. <laughs> I just don't. But he's your favorite turtle. He, yeah, he is my favorite. Uh, yeah, well, he's the most identifiable turtle for me. <laughs> I'm weird. I'll sh I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, but like, 
First off, the Universal Monsters are the first variants of the Turtles I ever had, so I had to get those because those nostalgia played a lot. I got you. I had these. I had these four turtles when I was a kid too, um, and then I, they got lost in a move or something like that. And I wanted these because these were the first variants in that Playmates line. Yeah, in nineteen eighty, they came out. And then I had the storage shell turtles because I wanted something that still looked like the Ninja Turtles that I could display on the vehicles that I have in my display case here. So the only other variant I do want and. Uh, are the, uh, the and they're super hard to find, so I don't know if or even when I'll get them. When or even if I mean, is the turtle trolls? I always oh adult. yeah, and uh, and I I've always wa- I had one when I was a kid, and I always wanted to get them back. <laughs> uh, so I probably will one day get all of those. I maybe I'm not sure because they're hard to find. Yeah, they they really are. I never see them out in the wild. As, as a matter of fact. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. As a matter of fact, uh, today is the, my wife and I have been talking about doing yard sales for quite some time, and finally we're just breaking down and doing it. So uh, I'm on a mission today. If I can find any turtles, so if I find anything, or like, it, it, is there anything particular you're looking for besides the turtle trolls? Anything else? No, mostly just those. No, I've got pretty much everything else. Because like you know, my my basic figure collection is complete. You know, yeah. I mean, um. Yeah, no, nothing. Okay, nothing outside of that, really. No, I don't buy me anything. That's fine, dude. Oh, come on, <laughs> that's, no, that's what we um, do. <laughs> yeah, dude. If you buy me something, make sure it's something that you don't want. You know, you know, because, because, and I hate saying it this way, but I, it's a fair point in my opinion. Um, you buy something that you want, but you buy it for your friend because you think that oh, I'll find another one, and then you never do. <laughs> and that did that. As you know, depending on how much the person you're buying it for means to you, you know <laughs> that can be a really kind of stingy kind of thing, you know. And you'll get over it, of course you will. Well, I would just come like, over to your house I, and play. I don't want you. Oh yeah, well you can come over anytime. You don't need. <laughs> that. But like, I mean, buy buy yourself yourself stuff first, man. You know. Ah, get, thanks, man. Get the stuff that you want. You know. Well, you know, uh, yeah, but I'll keep an eye out for you. That that sounds good. I right? appreciate. It. Yeah, because I mean, there's there's yard sales out here all over the place all summer long, but nobody ever sells like their kids' toys. They just throw that stuff out. I like, know. It's a shame. You just buy like you just find like old you know buy war bonds. You know, <laughs> you find just some old war bonds that I bought. Okay, so this is literally worth less than nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I um, you know, I immediately if I ever see like a giant tub of just toys, you know, even if on the on the top it just looks like you know a bunch of Barbies or whatever, I, I immediately dig. I like that's the first thing I gravitate towards if it's a yard sale or I've actually been to a couple of uh, comic cons and you know you have some of the the retailer sellers outside and uh, I remember one time actually in a local one this guy had this huge tub underneath the table. He's like, oh yeah, I got some loose figures in there and. Uh, he's like, I honestly don't even know what's in there. So I just kept digging and digging and digging. And then finally I found, was it Scumbug? And oh yeah, uh, there was a couple other figures, but it was worth the dig. You know, you never know what you're going to find. And I haven't done yard sailing since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's been it's been years for me. So I, actually, you know what? Not that long ago. I think right, right around this time a year ago, we, we went to a yard sale or something like that near his house. So that was that was mm. nice. But anyways, man, any other sweet pickups you got? Um, no, outside of, you know, a couple comics here and there, nice. but, you know, we, we talk about those every week, yeah. so, um, 
I'm sure I'll get around to those. But outside of, you know, these figures, you know, and these are figures that I've been so hesitant to pull the trigger on for a long time just because, you know, space is becoming a concern, you know. So yeah, <laughs> I've, only, I've only got so much shelf space left, and the whole... uh the action figure, I mean, like, you know, like you mentioned, the NECA figures, just, I just can't do that anymore, yeah. you know, it's just, it's too much, and that's not what all this is about, and I'm feeling bad for the money yeah. that is sometimes, you know, so, you know. Well, I, I feel you, man, I, I'm running out of room here, as a matter of fact, this, this game room here is actually a little bit smaller than the one that was in my apartment, uh, yeah. so, <laughs> I still got some stuff boxed up right now, I just, you know, what can you do? I didn't want it to get too cluttered in here, it's already pretty pretty cluttered so but uh for me man i've not gotten too much mine's all mainly comic stuff i did get the teenage mutant Ninja turtles amazing adventures uh robot animals or ro- robot animals i don't know what you would call them <laughs> but um i have to say man i've read this last night and it is a gorgeous comic book i mean just the colors pop so well and the artwork so so great and i know it's definitely a, a comic you know geared more toward a, a kid friendly audience but is that you, i'm sorry did you say the amazing adventures yeah it's the amazing adventures it's i guess it's that's, a mini series robot animals that's the new one right the new uh adventure series yeah this one just came out um i think this week i just picked it up at my comic sh- uh, store so really really enjoyed it uh, i've got Issue 6 of the Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover, the Nickelodeon one. And I don't know if I mentioned this last time or not, but a couple weeks ago I got the Ninja Turtles pizza cookbook. And (laughs) Oh, oh, really? Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I'm just flipping through the pages now. There's like a... Uh, healthy option for all these pizzas, a whole bunch of recipes. No, <laughs> there is no healthy option to bananas and anchovies. Yeah, no. yeah. So I may have to pick a, uh, oh my gosh, Raph's waffles. So I don't know if it's just waffles or waffles on pizza or the waffle is the pizza crust. I don't know. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of debating on getting that one because I don't, I don't really like making pizza. I'm not good at making dough. <laughs> you know? I can make pasta. Can't make dough. Can't make dough I have huh? no idea why, but I like cooking, and I've been I've been debating between this book and there's another cookbook about uh, Bob's Burgers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that better because I like making burgers. Yeah, so. I love burgers. Yeah, I know. I I do a bunch of. I just recently uh, found out about a recipe for what's called Smash Burgers, which is basically like making White Castle burgers. Mm. So you know, I've never I been to White Castle. Doing- what? I've never been, and I'm afraid to go because um, last time I even heard about White Castle, we were at a Comic-Con with Josh and Landon and everything, and poor Josh had a stomach virus that was awful, and he said he got it from White Castle. You know, I have a theory. Okay. You go to White Castle, and everybody just gets a sack of ten. You know, I mean, it's it's advertised as such. I mean, you get a sack of ten for five bucks, and it's just a bag with ten burgers in it, because their burgers are really small. They're sliders. Yeah. They just go and then they have like the grave case which is a big briefcase looking thing with 30 hamburgers in it and people order stuff like that and just polish it off by themselves Good Lord. so and you don't realize how much you're eating so you're not sick because white castle you're sick because you ate too much white castle <laughs> jay wheezy <laughs> oh i can't say anything man i, I chowed down on on stuff like oh i gotta stop but that's that's a whole other story for another day <laughs> yeah man, just 
You know what? I'm, I've I've become in the past like two years. I've become really conscious of my like portion sizes, just because. I just, I don't know, my stomach shrank or something. It just, I feel like I just can't eat as much as I used to. That's good. You know, That's like, a good thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can eat, like, often throughout the day, but, like, in one sitting, you know, I mean, because when you were, like, 22 years old, every meal was Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> or at least looking back, that's what it seems like. And it's just, like, now that you're old and you realize that, oh, man. This stuff's sticking to me. You know, weight's hard to get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of you kind of start thinking, okay, well maybe I don't eat Twinkies anymore. Maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have apple juice and tries. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have you should not have anything with a hostess label or a little Debbie label. Right, right. Just just oh. run. <laughs> Thing ever. It's like healthy stuff tastes bad. That's true. That is true. Uh, oh. And it's expensive. I know, right? Yeah, yeah I can afford it, that. It is, it is somehow more expensive not to use, not to make food with like preservatives. And yeah. high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, right. It's it's healthy foods perishable. I mean you gotta constantly go to the grocery store just to keep up with everything. And it's mm. it's not cheap. So Mr. T he gave us some turtle news, uh, some really cool stuff so far. So I'll go through this real quick. It looks like Turtle News number one, TMNT, The Shadows of the Past, Casey Jones Hero Pack is officially out. Well, actually, it will be out on July 26th of 2017, so I'll read the description real quick. This hero pack allows you to use Casey Jones as a playable character in any TMNT Shadows of the Past base game scenario, and also contains an additional adventure comic with new content, so that's pretty cool. So this is an expansion pack for the board game? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, the Casey Jones Hero Pack. Uh, so that'll be out again on July 26th. It was originally supposed to release on June 14th, so this past week, but uh, I guess it was some kind of setback. But it will be out this summer. Now, I'm excited about this next one, man. This next one, I, I, I may have to finally uh, give in and just buy it. Um, <laughs> apparently, NECA... And I don't have any NECA figures, but apparently NECA teases the new San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Alien based off the case of the killer pizzas. Yeah, I know, man. Ah, man. I See, I love that episode. So, I don't know. I know it's like, okay, this is is my thing with that. I know it's inspired by aliens. You know, I know that the case of the killer pizza thing, they're like, we want to make a xenomorph too. Let's make a a funny (laughs) one. And... I love the Ninja Turtles referential humor. It's all over the place, but like, if you're gonna make an alien that, or if you if you're gonna make something inspired by the the killer pizza alien, mm-hmm. don't just make a xenomorph and color him yellow. That's not <laughs> what that is. And he had red eyes too. And he had red and he had he had eyes at all. You know, I mean, like this thing doesn't. Have, <laughs> yeah. How about the little one? Remember the little ones before they grew. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they look like little, uh, I don't know, baby dinosaurs. They're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of those instead. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I would love, I mean, there's so many figures that I want, like, reinterpreted from that old series, you know I mean? Like, I, w- I would love a figure on uh, Tempestra, who was, like, a, a, a female wizard kind of a thing. Oh, wow. She was a video game character, and she could control the weather. I don't remember her. What was she? Yeah, she was a cartoon? Yeah, she was in the original cartoon for two episodes. Oh, okay, wow. And there were a couple. Of, there were a couple of people that were on that 
on that show that never that they never made a figure for. Oh, was it in later seasons, like uh, the last few? It was around. We watched the episode. It was that Night of the Rogues episode with like. Yeah, Chrome. yeah. Did she, was she kind of like a purple looking? Yeah, lady? She was purple with red hair, and she was trying to mac on Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I he was remember. Just like later, honey. Later, we will. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, yeah, that that would be a cool one to see. And there were a couple, like you said, a yeah. couple of monsters from that, uh, or villains from the last seasons that were would have been great figures. I always thought it would be funny if they made like a giant like thirteen inch Irma, <laughs> you know, just like that one episode where she like turns into like just a giant walking person. You know, that'd be like, awesome. Yeah, you know, and then you could stand her next to the Krang android body and make him like just fight and everything. That would have been fun. <laughs> Super Irma and Krang. Yeah, that but would be cool. I don't. I don't know about the the pizza alien alien from that guy. I just I don't know. Uh, I'll have to see it. I'll have to see it. If it looks really cool, maybe I'll get it. But I, I mean, it looks their alien figures look incredible. The only thing that keeps me from pulling the trigger on it, just I'm not a fan of Alien, really. You know, I'm a I'm a Predator guy. I understand that. Yeah, I've got a Predator figure, and I don't. I, I think the uh, articulation leaves a lot to be desired. So you know, he just kind of stands there. That's why I haven't gotten a lot more NECA figures because they get the Ninja Turtles right. But it's just, there are other figures I don't really care for. It's why we always talk about the Jason NES figure, and like the reason I haven't gotten that is just because he just looks like he stands there, you know. <laughs> Which I know is ironic because look at all this stuff around here. <laughs> but I don't know. I understand. Well, maybe if it's on sale one day. I, you know what? I don't even think I twenty bucks says we'll never even find this thing for less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to release it around Comic-Con, it's going to get bought up, and then you're going to get the eBay sharks that yeah, are going to three times what it's actually worth. I know. That's where they get us. It's not yeah. right, man. It isn't right. No, I mean... I mean, We should get a Turtle Flakes discount. We should get a Turtle Flakes discount. <laughs> Screw off. I'm on Turtle Flakes. You know? <laughs> then they charge, like, double the price. <laughs> yeah, I know. i got to charge you four times as much because of that crappy podcast you do. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then the last thing for news is that IDW TMNT artist Andy Kuhn is coming to the Pensacon in 2018. So if you are in the Pensacola area, go check that out. It's looks like February 23rd through the 25th, so pretty well in advance here. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah, and then real quickly, my man, if you wouldn't care to tell us about your cool new project, man. Oh, okay, well... I am kind of hesitant to reveal too much about this because I've done a lot of writing over the past few years and, you know, just um, I always feel like I'm kind of promising a little bit more than I actually give out. But I'm actually um, so this is just kind of the idea I'm working with. i am done some writing for it, but I'm hoping to get this thing published one day. Uh, me and, you know, Rob Luther himself, we're both <laughs> working on. Uh, Rob is actually going to do some writing for me. Hopefully, it's mainly mainly you, man. This is your baby. I'm just yeah. happy to help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's my he's there. He's my moral support guy. Right. So <laughs> he's going to write the index. And but I'm <laughs> working on a Ninja Turtle uh, figure archive for the original 1988 line. Yeah. Uh, because there isn't. Now that I'm saying this, it'll probably happen. It'll be on Amazon tomorrow. But there isn't a book that just catalogs the original Ninja Turtle figures, and I'm hoping to call it just the basics. So it'll be a book on just the basic line of figures from 1988 to 1994. And 
to include some of the best variants of the Turtles from 1988 to 1996, and as well as some of the vehicles and playsets that we all remember from our youth. Um, so basically what it's going to entail is just like figure reviews, when they were released, where their first appearance was, and why they, um, what makes that figure stand out. You know, why is that figure important in terms of the line itself? Uh, so this is uh, this is something that's incredibly early in the planning stages right now. I haven't made any deals with anybody. I have no idea if this thing is even going to pan out. You know, maybe in two or three years, maybe it'll be on a store, a bookstore shelf someplace. That's my dream. But I am hoping to get this uh, published. I have a lot of ideas and work. I've been thinking about it forever. I've been thinking about it since the beginning of this year. That's awesome. And um, I actually, in all seriousness, I went to Rob to uh, write a foreword for me to write an introduction because without, you know, prepare to roll your eyes at me, everyone listening. (laughs) Without Rob Luther, my turtle fandom would have just kind of went in and out of my brain just because I would have thought that I would have been embarrassed by it and just like, just ignored it. Thanks, man. So if it wasn't for Rob and some part Jay Weezy, uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for those two guys showing me that it's okay to be a turtle fan, you know, even at the ripe old age of thirty-four. You know, it is okay to like what you like. You know, it is okay to be the person you want to be. So, without yeah. any of this. The idea of the the book that I'm going to start, that I've actually started writing, would not be a thing at all. So, Well, thanks, man. Hopefully, hopefully everybody uh, can uh, reap the benefit of Rob's hard work in a couple of years. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, thanks a lot, man, first of all. That, that was really yeah. – it's very rare when Josh does give a compliment. So you got to <laughs> kind of like – you know, you got to – Go with it. <laughs> you know what? You you got to earn it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and uh, and secondly, man, I, I I am so excited for um, you know that this book. I, as soon as he told me he was going to do it, and and Josh is a very prolific writer. That's one thing I really admire about him. He can write something down and force himself to write something down with no issues at all. Where me, I struggle, man. I I hate my writing, and I think it's garbage, and I get frustrated, and I quit, and then I come back, and then you know it's it's. I admire somebody who can just say, hey, I have an idea, boom, I'm going to do it. And uh, yeah. and that's exactly what he's done. And I've read a couple of his reviews so far, and I, I'm really excited about this. So, guys, um, I know Josh and I were talking about this. Maybe we'll put one of the reviews up on my Turtle blog. I've got that, I think it's Radical Rob's Turtle blog. I've only got a couple things on there right now. I'm going to go ahead and put some of the TMNT magazine stuff on there. Um, I'm going to do reviews of those as soon as I can find them again. That's probably still in a box somewhere. But uh, in addition to that, maybe we can share one of your reviews, Josh, if that's all right with you. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. I've got pretty much I've got like three reviews written, and I've written everything on pencil and paper. So I've got three days off, including today, this weekend. And it it is my goal because the the weather is supposed to be kind of crappy this weekend, so I'm not I don't really plan on going anywhere. So I'm going to try my get like another three reviews written. Yeah. And I'll type up five or all five or six or however many I'll have, and I'll just by the time this episode airs next Saturday, uh, by the time listeners are hearing this, they'll be on the blog. Awesome. That sounds at great. At least at least two of them because I feel like you should have more than one. You know because. 
I'm really I've been wanting to write so bad lately because I'm believe it or not I'm the same way you are with writing. I started my my Ninja Turtle fiction, the third and final story that I wanted to write. I've I've started that story six different times and all six times I've deleted it just because I just don't like it and I don't want that to be this you know so and I've kind of started rethinking my whole a day in the life story and rethinking that and how I want to I would like to get that one published as well both of these things I want to get published and uh the uh the figure thing was actually suggested that I really go for it from Nicole because she told me that it would be a good palate cleanser you know it's so cool it would be good to write about something that not only do I know a lot, a great deal about it, but it's something that I can physically hold in my hand. But it, she said that it would be a, a, an easier thing for me to write as long as it's uh, just not something that's 100% just created from my head. You know, it's something that I can hold in my hand and write about. So we'll see if she's right, hopefully. Really, really excited about, uh, you know, the blog and everything. And, and I really, you brought up Nicole and... And I, you know, I got to think of my wife too, man. Honestly, our wives they do, they don't get the credit that they deserve <laughs> <laughs> because for, uh, yeah, uh, kind of for and no joking, I, I'm no joke for kind of putting up with the fandom that we have. Right, absolutely, you're exactly right. I mean, and, and not only putting up with it, but encouraging it. Like my wife and your wife, I know she's been very encouraging, and my wife's also been extremely. Oh, speaking of which, she just brought me a donut. <laughs> Uh-huh. What a woman! Oh, it's oh, it's the maple glazed with the bacon bits on top. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! No, she's trying to kill you. <laughs> so you know that's a, that proves my point. Like, she, it takes a special lady for both of us, yeah, to put up with us, especially in your case, getting up even earlier than I did to record a podcast where none of us are getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a labor of love, and we love to collect these things. And not only are they okay with it, but they encourage us to do it. And they say, "Hey, it keeps you out of trouble. It means a lot to you. I support that." And you know, we got good. We got good women, man. Yeah, we we really do. And you know, I mean, I don't even know how. I there's no way for me to properly thank her. I know, what you or mean. or even Krista Beth just for like letting letting me borrow you for a couple hours. <laughs> Well, same thing with Nicole. I, I always, anytime I talk to her, I go, "Hey, thanks for letting Josh hang out with me." <laughs> yeah, you know what? And and also, it's just like Nicole to be. I mean, to tell you what she's doing, she's dealing with both babies right yeah, now God downstairs on her own, and we're in the potty training phase. Oh man, we're we're, we're blessed guys, man. I I don't know what we did to deserve it, but we'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> or just karma is just gonna run us over. <laughs> there, you know? just, no kidding. Yeah. It's kind like of... our wives are going to want to do something just like ridiculous. Yeah, and she's look at us and be like, "Nope, Ninja Turtles." No, oh, that'd up. be funny. Like they they both have like a tally sheet of like, "Well, actually, I, I do." I guarantee my <laughs> wife does because she got me this giant display case for all of my old figures, and it's on her side of the room. Ah, because I was going to move stuff over and put it on my side of the room because you know, in my head, that's her side. This is my side. She says, "No, let's put it right over here." And it's right next to her side of the bed. So I know she just, every night, she just counts those and be like, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I know how it goes. Scratch has got to count for like 30 favors by himself. Yeah, you know? at, at least, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, yeah, so stay tuned for that. We will um, promote the heck out of that. 
next week once uh, it's on our blog, guys. So yeah. really, really excited about that. Now, Josh, we have nine minutes, my man. No, eight now. I think we can actually review this comic book in eight minutes. What do you think? I think so. Let's go. Speed review. Okay, speed review. All right, so here we go. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. So, and the turtles died. <laughs> and they're gone. That's it. Uh, so this was a free comic book day, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. This is the one from this year. So this just came out a little over a month ago. And um, artwork was fantastic, I thought. So the story, of course, was written by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Curnow, Tom Waltz. Tom Waltz did the script. Corey Smith did the art, and I think he did a great job with it. Dude, love this art, man. Oh, it's this gorgeous. Yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah, so bottom line is the Turtles, they're kind of wandering around in the sewers, and they're testing their security system that Fugitoid has helped them install. And, you know, the Turtles, you know, they're kind of goofing off a little bit, and Michelangelo accidentally breaks one of the blasters or whatever and so they, they eventually get back and they talk to Fugitoy and say hey the lasers are working great we just we probably need to make adjustments and blah 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 and they're like you know Fugitoid it's great to just have you back and Fugitoid Honeycut he says you know it's great to be back and I hate that I gotta leave kind of early and the reason he has to leave is because he is helping the uh, neutrinos find witnesses or people that can testify against Krang right now, because see, Krang is in their imprisonment on Planet Neutrino. Yeah, uh, and if you don't remember that, that's okay because it was a long was time ago, <laughs> like forty issues ago. Yeah, right. Not quite. It was like it was around thirty issues before this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was oh, a long time ago. But here's where I think the the comic really shines. We get this whole like, say, if nobody has read an IDW comic, uh, Ninja Turtle comic. This yeah. this read this comic book issue because it flash it flashes back to all the major story arcs. I mean, you get the Future Toy talks about the Leatherhead story arc, and I, and I like that they actually felt bad for Leatherhead a little bit. Yeah, uh, they mentioned the Mutanimals and how they had turned at one point. They mentioned Kitsune um, and the Rat King and Akka. Uh, they mentioned Alapex and Jenica. Um, they even mentioned the romance with. Raph and Alapex. Yeah. Bebop which is and... cute. I love that panel there. It's just like they look just like a couple of dopey kids. I know. Yeah. And I love uh, what Ra- uh, Michelangelo says. By the way, the color-coded dialogue was cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Michelangelo goes, yeah, don't be throwing a shade at Raph's bay. <laughs> so he used the word and then bay. He says, and then Raphael says what I would say. And he says, shut up, Mikey. Shut up, you know, Mikey. <laughs> don't say the word bay, okay? <laughs> kids, don't say that. Well, I mean, it stands for before anyone else. No, it stands for <laughs> stupid people saying dumb stuff. Don't do that. Oh, I love it. Uh, let's see. So then it also talks about Asian Bishop, Bebop and Rocksteady, um, Splinter and the Foot Clan. And then it flashes back to the present time. And yeah. uh, Hacker, this this new villain who looks amazing, by the way. It's like a snake slash robot. Can I, can I say something real quick before oh, yeah. we move to that? I had no idea how much stuff happened between issue 50 and issue 70. I know. Can you believe that? It's insane. I mean, yeah, that's 20 issues, but I had no idea how much happened. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and you're not even hearing about, like, you're not even really hearing about everything, you know? I mean, it's it's great. Yeah, and I kind of I hate it when comic books do this stuff where it's just one panel, the whole story arc, but 
these are just the best, some of the best bits from every story arc, and it just it made me really interested in this series going forward, and it made me want to reread all the old storylines. Oh, I know, and you know, we were just, real quickly, we were just talking about, in the last episode, of how we like Volume 4 quite a bit, but boy, we're so spoiled with, you know, Volume 5, with the IDW run right now, and how quickly yeah. things happen, that when you go back, you kind of have to just go back to that time and not compare it to the IDW series. You know, compare it for what it is and what it was during that time because there's quite a contrast in pacing there. On top of that, this is the longest-running Ninja Turtles comic book ever. Yeah, yeah, fixing to be in August. It'll be 73 issues. Yeah, you're probably right. I thought Volume 1 went on for 60, 62 issues. Oh, I don't know if it's... 63. It went on for 63 issues. Volume 2 went on for, like, 12 issues. Yeah. Volume 3 went on for 32, and then Volume 4 went on for, like, 33, and the last two weren't even published. See, what I'm wondering is if they're comparing Volume 4 to two different volumes. You know, you got the main, the ongoing run, and then you've got Tales of the TMNT, and if they're combining those, I wonder if that makes 70-something. Well, Tales of the TMNT was... was Technically, not one of the the four volume or the five volumes now. I mean, because this is volume five, mm-hmm. but like Tales of the TMNT, the first one went on for like five or six issues. Yeah, and the second one in two thousand one, I don't even know how long that went on. I think I don't know because it was bi monthly for about as long as the TMNT volume uh, four went on. Right, right. It's- so regardless, I mean IDW, what they're doing is yeah. they're, they're making history here. It's crazy, and and I'm I'm excited to be part of it. And then the last last part of the story is this hacker comes in, and actually great design for hacker. Love the design. I thought this was Scale Tail. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they're bringing Scale Tail in this, and now, you know he worked for Krang too. I was like, oh yay, and then it's not, but he looks awesome. That would be cool. That would be cool. So bottom line is, um, oh gosh, thanks, hon. You brought me another donut. <laughs> She's trying to kill you. Yeah, that's, what a good woman. Well, for not for trying to kill me, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but what a way to go. What a way to go. I die doing what I love to do, eating donuts and talking turtles. That's right. And then uh, lastly, just to wrap things up, um, Hacker downloads the information from Fugitoid just before it makes its escape. And it's really cool because Dante tries to blow it up. Um, you know, this villain oh, sets him on fire. Yeah. Some God, yeah. And I guess it teleported just in the nick of time. And so now Fugitoid knows, oh my gosh, Hacker has all of my information. Hacker has all my knowledge of where these witnesses are. And if, if we don't get that information back or stop her or Krang from uh, pursuing these people, these people are going to die. So, yeah. And Krang will go free, yeah. Right, and Fu- exactly. And so Fugitoid's going to go, and the Turtles decide to join them. They're like, okay, guys, we're going back to Dimension X. And that's where the um, issue ends. So, you know, some crazy stuff. They do tell you that this issue will be picked up in TMNT issue 73. Yeah, 73 so, and then the Dimension X uh, story, so that'll be great. Yeah, so like, so like what, September we'll pick up with this? Yeah, yeah. So, so Because sub- issue 70 came out on Wednesday. Right. And, which I just, I read it and it's really good. Man, I loved it. And Nice. It, it really made me like Old Hob even more. <laughs> oh really? Okay, interesting. Yeah, because old Hob, you think he's going one way, and then something bad happens. And he's like, "Oh, that's messed up." Like something like, as much of a scoundrel as old Hob is, there's something that happened that even he was like, "No, man, you can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
It was, and it was, have you read it yet? No. Oh, man, when you get to it, it's good. Man, you're going to like it. Sweet, sweet. So, you know, overall, I'll, I'll say real quickly, because, dang, it's already 8 o'clock. Jeez. I, I thought this comic had, was everything a free comic book movie, um, free comic book should be. You know, it was a great recall to the past for new fans, while also attracting them to what's coming up. And and I, th- I think with the artwork and that storytelling, this is like the perfect free comic book. So I would give this a 10 out of 10. I really thought this is exactly what a free comic book should be. You know what? I would I would give this a 10 out of 10 too. I would give this a 10 even if they charged us for it because <laughs> they had every they had every reason to just be lazy and just throw out a bunch of just I don't care what you put in it's a free comic book. We're not doing anything. We're not getting any money for it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. Yeah, they right. treated it they treated it just like an, a regular issue of the comics. And they didn't have to do that, but the fact that they did really shows you the commitment to their storytelling and the commitment to their fans. Right, exactly. You know, because this could have been a four dollar book, and I'd still probably give it around a nine or a ten. And that says a lot, right there. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they. I mean, these guys are already busy enough between the IDW run, the TMNT Universe run, and whatever side series are going to spin out of this. You know, I mean. Yeah. They didn't have to do this, but the fact that they did really proves that, you know, we chose the right fandom. <laughs> yeah, right. And what a you time, know. you know, I know I always say this, but I am so thankful we started this podcast when we did because, you know, what a time the Nickelodeon series had just come out, and now we're, we're breaking records yeah. with this ongoing IDW run, Volume 5. Man, this is some great stuff. This is the best, I think, the Turtles comics have ever been, arguably, and, and um, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, Turtle Flakes started right at the... Right, there was not a better time for Turtle Flakes to start. Because, you know, had you st- had you and Jay Weezy started a year before you did, I can't say that we'd still... We would be doing it right now, because there wasn't much Turtle stuff going on. There was an announcement of a cartoon that might happen. Yeah, that's all we knew. Yeah. We don't know. There's a movie coming out someday, you know, and then when everything kicked on, when everything kicked off, Turtle Flake started. Absolutely, you're right. Yeah, so, see, it's like I almost knew. I'm like a prophet. You got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky. Yeah. All right, man. I, I'm the one that got lucky because I get the I get to talk about this dork thing that we all love. <laughs> and I'm sorry, you got to bleep me on that, I guess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put another cowabunga thing in there. Yeah. Oh, I know, right? It's a dorky yeah. cowabunga. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, God, it, it cracks me up when you do that. You know? <laughs> I think I got them all saved, too, so I can always just edit that in real quick. Hello, my name is Michelle Ivey, and welcome to my brand new blog here on YouTube. I am best known for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as I've been on VH1's Totally Obsessed and a show from Canada called Fanatical, which did a very, very good job. I've also been in several other articles like the Real Detroit and uh, Detroit Free Press and Metro Times and was just recently on CBS because of a story that uh, the Detroit Free Press did. So people like to talk about me because I am a Ninja Turtle collector. I have tons of Ninja Turtle items just pouring out from every little nick and cranny in my room and it's just all over the place. And why am I like this? Well, that's what this blog is really about. It's about me, and it's about the turtles, and many other aspects of my life. 
I am a huge fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had never seen so much turtles paraphernalia ever in my life. We're uh, very excited to introduce our our next guest here. This is uh, this is one we've we've tried to organize for quite some time, and uh, we're just so excited that it's finally happening here. Because I'm a big fan of yours, and I know Josh is as well. Today we have Michelle Ivy on the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How's everyone over there? Oh, just fine and dandy. I've got my donuts. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's being very mean. I haven't eaten yet, so. Oh, well, it's, it's not <laughs> oh. my fault. It's not my fault. The lady, uh, she just brought me some donuts as I was recording, so I'm, I'm blessed. It is. Right. If we hadn't recorded so early, I would have eaten by now. <laughs> you know, the, the pre-fight donuts. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, we started recording so early, I haven't even had my cigarette yet. Yeah, yeah. Just... yeah. No wonder you're so grumpy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Josh is on Central Time, so... Uh, um, he, he woke up at, I guess, six oh. to record. So, you know, that's, even earlier. Yeah. That's how yeah, dedicated I got, up, I got up about five thirty. So God bless him. God oh. bless him. <laughs> Which is usually when I wake up, but it's a Saturday. You know, so. <laughs> hey, Saturday morning cartoons, find some DVDs. Hey, there you go. See, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, at, you know, I'm starting to identify with my father more and more the older I get. And it's just like, why do you want to watch cartoons at five thirty in the morning? <laughs> Because they're fun. So, gosh, I I guess we got to start. I don't even know where to start, Michelle. Uh, I guess let's just start at the beginning. Um, You know, what got you into, because you are a super fan. I've actually, I don't know if I've told you this, but I've seen you on Turtle Power, the documentary. I've seen you on several newscasts, like on YouTube, and and, uh, I've watched your videos on Cowabunga Corner, your, your website. So, I mean, you are... An, an icon in the Ninja Turtle universe. So what started it all for you? I mean, what, where did this whole passion begin? It started with a toy. I was at my brother's friend's house, two doors down from our own house, and he brought out this coffee tin, and he dumped it out, and it had Thundercats, He-Man, Ghostbusters, and one Ninja Turtle toy. <laughs> and I'm, what in the world is this? And I pick it up. It's an old, original Michelangelo action figure, and I remember that because it only had it had Michelangelo's belt, the four lumps on the back of it. But he had different weapons in there, not the nunchucks. Huh. And oh. I played with it that day. And then within a week, my brother changed the channel from Chip and Dale's uh, Rescue Rangers over to Turtles. I'm like, wait, I was watching it. And he goes, yeah, that's a rerun. Let's watch this. <laughs> and I got hooked. <laughs> so how old were you roughly around this time? I was 11 at the time. Oh, okay. This was wow. October 1989, and my first episode was a thing about rats. Ooh, wow. that's an early one, isn't it? That's a uh, season that's the one. First season, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't definitely first season. Being in '89, it just was a rerun. But I enjoyed it. I got hooked. Yeah, I understand. That's a good episode. That's uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's the one with the it, mousers, isn't it? The yes, it is. Oh, nice. Oh. It's one of my favorites because of it. Whenever I see it, I'm like, "Yeah, that was my first. <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah, nothing, nothing beats that first season, man. Yeah, I'm sorry, nothing's beating it yet. 
Hard to beat. They did amazing on that first season, and I still can watch it to this day and just get totally into watching it. <laughs> right. Going, I know. Yes, amazing episodes. It, I can't want to take my eyes from the TV. Sadly, the same can't be said about some of the later seasons. It depends if you're if you're binge watching it. Yeah, I mean if you watch like one episode here and there, it's you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not when it has Dragon Carter. I have a hard time sitting through the episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Honesty, there. Those last couple seasons, it became the Carter Show, and I watched it for turtles, not M. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, you started off, man. What, what do you want to ask first? Okay, so I'm sure everyone asks you, "What's your favorite uh, Ninja Turtle action figure that you own?" I hope you don't mind. I kind of want to know what is your least favorite Ninja Turtle action figure that you own. <laughs> Baxter Stockman from the Nickelodeon series. That toy was just not done right. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Can you I elaborate? I feel like the body, he's human in this. He's in a robot body, and that oh. body cuts it off to where he could not really fit in that body. So just the form <laughs> of the toy drives me nuts, and I always <laughs> wanted a human Baxter Stockman toy, and I thought this was going to be our chance, and they came out with the robot that was only used a little bit, and I'm like, no, give us Baxter Stockman. <laughs> <laughs> they used that robot body in, like, what, one episode, two episodes? I yeah, think one month. two, because the maze match also had it. Okay. Where the maze of doom! Oh, that's um, the one where they're all, um... Where they're cosplaying, right? Yeah. No, I'm talking about the Maze of Doom thing that he put uh, Fish Face, Dog Pound, and the Four Turtles through, and you find out Fish Face background oh. because he's walking with Raph. They, Fish Face and Raph got separated from the others. Okay. Oh. Man, we just got put in our place. Yeah, we did. And for a split yes, second, I thought I knew what I was sorry, talking about. Miss Ivy, sorry. <laughs> Baxter Stockman was not in the episode where they cosplayed. Oh, <laughs> okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, I got I to go study. Apparently, I didn't study. You got to do your homework, man. Man, I don't worry. Half the answers are in the back of the book anyway. I'll just look there. I'll take a seat. <laughs> All right, I got one for you, Michelle. So, you know, did, did you ever... Okay, so you took us at the very beginning. Did did you think at that point, okay, I'm going to collect every single thing, Ninja Turtle thing, that I possibly can? I mean, was that, was that like love at first sight for you, or is this something that's kind of happened gradually as time's gone on? Well, it happened with every fandom I had. In fact, I still keep all of my original collections. So every time I got into something, my mom got me all of the toys for that. So I got all my Care Bears still all my little ponies, all my Ghostbusters, all my Thundercats. I even have the Cat Slayer somewhere in my collection. Um, So when Turtles came out, I got into it. And then that Christmas, I got all of my toys at once. My first time getting the toys, it was all of the toys that were out at the time. Besides for Rat King and Baxter Stockman, we had to search for those two. But everything else, we got that Christmas. Wow. And then from there, I just kept collecting it. And at first it was just buying things that I enjoyed, but then I just started getting all these gifts. And, I mean, I had one friend who would send me packages from uh, Chicago. Like, every month or so, I'd get a box full of toys and the recent comic books. And I just kept getting gifts that way. And then I made friends with Mirage Studios, and 
the gifts got very um, interesting. Things <laughs> from around the world started popping up in my collection, and it's been a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so how did that happen with uh, Mirage? Did you just reach out to them, or they reach out to you? or? I, uh, I wanted to be a licensed Ninja Turtle. I did birthday parties as the party turtle. Well, dudes, don't even know I was a girl. Cowabunga! <laughs> I loved being a turtle, and I wanted to actually do it officially. So we knew my dad would not approve of the idea of us uh, going to Mirage because we were doing pretty good with the parties. We kept turtles alive in the Detroit area for a while longer. Wow. Um, so we got my uh, my costume in the car told my dad we were going down to this monkeys thing with my sister because Davy Jones was an Oliver Twist. Uh, we dropped her off with a friend to go to that, and then my mom and I drove up. Uh, we were heading to Hadley, Northampton, because that's where the P.O. Box said Mirage was. But we got to Northampton about 1 a.m. in the morning, and wow. that town caught us off guard because there were children in the playground. There was a long line at the coffee shop. There was a traffic jam just trying to get to a hotel wow <laughs> we're like why is this town so alive in the middle of the night <laughs> and wow. we got into our um our hotel looked for uh, a pizza place in the phone book and we're thinking hey we should check to see if mirage is in here because hadley's only a town north so we checked mirage and mirage was only around the block from our hotel so we went and looked at it then the next day we got me in the costume well i got me into my costume my mom's now getting nervous we get into the car and we're driving down main street heading towards the street that mirage studios is on and this car is at the light next to us and i'm a friendly turtle so i look over and wave <laughs> and uh the car drops behind us and follows us all the way to mirage and she pulls into the employee parking well we park outside and we're like going uh-oh that was an employee that just followed us. So she meets us right at the door, and she's like, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, Mirage Studios. <laughs> and she goes, good, because I don't know what I would have done if you guys said something else. So she <laughs> brings us in the front doors. They buzz us past, and we get brought into one of the front offices right next to Gary Richardson's office. Wow. The person who followed us, that was Katie McGinnis. Uh, she is uh, one of the few people who still work for the Mirage website. Oh, okay. okay. Instead, I'm brought into uh, an office uh, by a lady named Cheryl Prindle. If you read the Turtle Treasury books, you'll see that it is dedicated to her from her husband, Jim Prindle. Huh. Um, and lucky for me, and I didn't recognize her. She recognized us, even though she didn't get to see my face yet. Um, but we met her at TurtleCon in 1992, and this is August 93. And I'm just talking, and I'm talking the full time in my costume and my turtle voice. And she's like, I've met you guys before. Huh. Where have I met you? And so she, we finally narrow it down. I'm like, wait a second. You ran the Turtle Street booth with the Michelangelo costume? And that was our first connection. Molly Bodie was also there that day. And uh, then after that, we went. she told us to go to, we visited there for a while, but she told us to go to New York and meet this one guy who owned the license there. He would not see us. He said he was out of town. I don't believe him now because we tried <laughs> again to meet him, and we got the same excuse, but nah. he called from across the street. We went across the street after going in the door, and we called home, and he already called and told my sister off for us showing up again. So 
to me, that means he was there. He just refused to see us, and I'm like, ah. But it crushed me because he, he put the end to the party, Turtle. But we made friends with the people at the studio more than I realized because a year in 94, we went out there um, just to get a picture of the outside of the studio because we were heading back from Boston. And it's not that far of a detour from there. And we wanted to show my sister the outside of Mirage. It's this old furniture warehouse. <laughs> so um, I want to get a picture of it because the first time I came, I did not take pictures. And we go into this camera shop, and they're like, have you been to the Turtle Museum? I'm like, the Turtle Museum? And they're like, yeah, the Turtle Museum. It's uh, the Words and Pictures Museum owned by Kevin Eastman. I'm like, wait a second, there's a Turtle Museum? <laughs> So I race down the street to this place. Uh, we go, me and uh, Mickey go through there, checking the place out. And then we go and get my mom. We bring her back and we bring her through. And then we get into the gift shop and there's animation cells for $5 a piece. Wow. And my mom's like, you can pick out 10 of them. So I'm going through trying to pick out which 10 I'm going to take home with me. And these three employees come out and start watching me, uh, two women and a guy. And um, the guy kind of grins and goes, the big man himself's going to be here tomorrow. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> the big man himself's going to be here tomorrow. And I look at my mom and I said, we're not leaving Northampton today. <laughs> Kevin Eastman's going to be here tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, he's got a melting pot autograph session they're doing. Him, Simon Bisley, and um, Eric Tabo. I think it was Eric. So we got a hotel room that night, went through the line, and Kevin remembered me from Turtle Con. And then we got invited to their party that night. Wow. And I became a member of the museum, and I just started going out there every year. And then in 1996, the Mirage website popped up, so I started doing email with the Mirage website, and... Molly Bodie was the one responding, so I start talking very strongly with Molly through the internet. The next time I came out for the Words and Pictures Museum, we met up, and I got my first tour of the studio. Wow, man! So, so you were there. I mean, you were there right in the heyday, the early '90s, and you got to meet Kevin Eastman. You got to go to the museum. You went to Northampton. It's just that—that's quite an exciting time to do all that. Oh yeah. Well, at the time I started going to the museum, the turtles were already kind of slowed down. Uh, we were trying to find out what was going to happen when the original cartoon was ending. And uh, I heard about the next mutation, like in 95, but there was a lot of, eh, we don't know because of the female turtle thing. I could say January 11th they signed the papers because I got a call that day saying we just signed the papers for this. Ah, for wow. the new series, wow. Yeah, for The Next Mutation in two, 1997, January 11th, and then the show came out that year. Wow, so so you said you worked at the museum. Do you have any uh, interesting stories when you worked there? Oh, I didn't work there. I, I just became a member. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'd go to the parties, and oh, we got too many stories from that museum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, would go to the membership parties every single year. That was just... One of my main things I would love to do. And in 1994, we found a place. But in 95, we show up for the party, and we find out that they changed the party date. And we were a week early. Ah. Oh. So my mom's a big X-Files fan, and she's like, wait a second. We're out this way. 
we don't have anything to do this weekend, and there's an X-File convention and driving reach. <laughs> so we dropped down, and um, my family was making these dolls at the time. Uh, my dad made the first one, which looked a lot different than the smaller ones that uh, my mom and Mickey were making. Uh, and it was an alien with a missing tooth, and the shirt said the tooth is out there. <laughs> and so then we brought some of these dolls and we gave them to a couple of the guests at the X-File convention Dean, the long one of the long gunmen just loved his doll <laughs> he's like, we see him in the, the lobby and he's like, I'm packing an illegal, illegal alien and points in his bag and there's the doll <laughs> uh, so we, we get back up to Northampton a couple of days later after the X-File convention, and we get into our hotel, and my mom takes notice that the license plate in front of us is from Vancouver, British Columbia, and she's like, wait a second, that's kind of odd, and sure enough, there was a guest from Vancouver at the hotel that weekend. Um, my sister bumped head-on into him in the pool, and that was David Coffney. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and we tried giving him one of the dolls. Instead, we gave him his own X-Files that ended up in a magazine a few years later. But what came out of it for the Words and Pictures Museum was they started giving out awards that year at the parties, and we got the first award. Wow. they called the Early Bird Award, and it was page <laughs> one, a nice spread page from Archie's number five of the turtles looking inside the aquarium at a stingray. Wow, awesome. Wow. And uh, it's the color work, so you can pick up the plastic sheet of the ink and see all the painting for the original color work. Wow. So that's what you um, get for getting there early. <laughs> that's what I got. After that, it was like animation show sales awards. They started making an award for the people who drove the farthest to get there. Wow. And since <laughs> we always did like this 13-hour drive to get there, we usually got it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Oh, oh, I got another story real fast oh, from please. the Words yeah. Pictures Museum. Uh, this was much later. Now I'm normal there. I know Kevin way better because Kevin's been at all the parties but one. And, uh, I went up to Kevin at this autograph session they did before the party. And I heard everyone else asking him, hey, can you draw this and bring it back for me later? And everyone was making requests. And I went up and I said, is there a way I could get a sketch of the four turtles later? And Kevin's like, yeah, I'll take care of you, Michelle. So... (laughs) I show up later at the party, and Kevin comes up to me with this yellow envelope. And he walks up and says, this is for your collection. You can open it an hour later. And I'm thinking it's the drawing I requested. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I'll open it later. i got to go catch up with Molly right now. So I run down to the third floor, because Kevin gave that to me on the fourth floor. And I talk to Molly for a little bit, and I'm heading back upstairs, and I start opening it, and I pull out an original artwork page from issue 10, Mirage Volume 1, of the turtles standing on the roof with April's apartment on fire in the background. It's oh. all four turtles, oh, April, man. Casey, and Splinter. It's like I broke down in tears holding this, how much that artwork piece meant to me. Wow. And it says, to Michelle, our number one fan, Kevin Eastman. And I went, running upstairs and i ran over and gave kevin a hug saying thank you wow. <laughs> i can't believe and i showed molly and molly was in shock that he gave me a page from the early comics that's, that's awesome amazing. 
I actually know exactly what what uh, page you're talking about too. I just bought issue ten of the first volume. Um, that that was one of the few I didn't have from the first volume, and uh, that's a gorgeous gorgeous uh, issue. So I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> we we spent money on that frame. That's probably the most I spent on a frame, and it hangs in the living room. Uh, and that will always be like in the family area, not just one of my personal spaces. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, based on, we, we've gotten to talk to him a couple times, and he just seems like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, just so generous with his information and just so generous to the fans. I mean, you're always afraid to meet your heroes, your, your idols, uh, but you couldn't ask for a nicer guy. I have to say the same can be said about Laird as well, and most anyone who's worked on Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It is really one of the best medias for getting to know the people behind it because I'd say about 98% of them are genuine into what they're doing with this and are there for the fans. The only area where I've met that totally tops and how genuine and amazing they can be just because of the experience of meeting these people, I'd have to say would be the Henson crew, like Carol Spinney. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, you meet those guys and you're just putty- (laughs) <laughs> right there, because they they are truly a, a miracle people. But everyone from Turtles, it's the reason I'm still a fan. If I didn't meet these people behind the scenes and become friends with them, I probably would have drifted into Gargoyles or <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Z more. Uh, I have other fandoms that I enjoy. It's just Turtles have stayed focused ever since meeting and becoming friends with Kevin. And that's cool. He, he's an amazing guy. He is. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I didn't know if I was friends, friends with him till years later. <laughs> uh, he, he shocked me at an event. I was at Toronto Con 2004, the last convention I got to wear my costume before I was injured. And I, um, I just, it's Sunday. It's the only day I really wore the costume. I surprised uh, Scott McNeil with it and got some fun pictures over at his booth. I barely saw the Mirage crew that weekend because both Michael Center Nicholas and Scott McNeil was also there. And I usually see them at events while I can pester Mirage crew when I go to Northampton. Um, <laughs> so I went over, and it's Peter's first time seeing the costume. We got some pictures. I went and pestered the other guys a bit. And the lights turn off, so the convention's ending. And my mom went over for a $5 head sketch from Peter. And Peter's doing the head sketch, and I went over, and I'm like, Mom, Mom, I spent all my money at Silent Online. Can you get me one, too? <laughs> and my mom looks at him and goes, Michelle wants one, too. And he's, oh, I got something better for Michelle. We're like, wait, what? And he turns around, and he grabs this full blackboard uh, sketch that has gray marker drawing of all four turtles. It's pretty big mark behind him for, like, $300. Um he grabs that off the wall and he hands it to me and I say, thank you. And I go to shake his hand and he pulled me into a hug. Wow. (laughs) What about that? So that he's a very nice guy. He's just very shy. Yeah. And, um, I think he's been used a lot by people because of who he is. So he's a, a bit protective of himself and that's understandable when you're in the celebrity area. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll hardly agree. Uh, based on everything I've heard about him too, like he's one. Of, uh, Josh and I would love to get on the show one day just to kind of pick his brain. But I've I've heard a lot of great things about him as well, and I'm actually a huge fan of Volume Four, which of course he was um, the brainchild behind. And uh, yeah, that was his baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just great stuff there. So, so have you met other 
comic writers uh, like Jim Lawson. I know you, you mentioned Eric Talbot and a few others. <laughs> oh, Jim Lawson was my best friend at the studio. <laughs> oh, yeah? No way. He's, yeah. he's our hero. We love Jim. Jim is an amazing guy. He is so friendly. I'd go and hang out in his office for hours. And then Dan Berger was right down the way. Michael Dooney was right there. Eric's office was right next door. Dan had two offices. He had his personal office, which was the toy office that you've seen, probably seen pictures of. Like on the back of Volume 4, there was some pictures oh, yeah, of yeah. all the toys and package. That's Dan's personal office, which I'd never seen him in besides showing us around. And I'd go in there and stare at his office every time I go. He had two <laughs> scratches and package on that wall. And I'm like, oh, can't you sell me one of them? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other office he had, when they did the Mirage Virtual Tour, you could have saw, it was um, the office with the computers where they would do the website. And most of the time he was working in there. That's where the copy machines and printers and all that stuff was. And there was always interesting things they were currently working on laying around in that room. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And that was upstairs. Um, yeah. I, I can close my eyes and walk through how Mirage used to be. Wow. It's not the same now. I can guarantee that. <laughs> I am fascinated by all this, man, just because, I mean, it just like Rob says, just like you get to a certain point um, as an outsider looking in where it's just like you see Kevin Eastman or uh, Jim Lawson or Peter Laird, and they're just kind of like these icons to you just to find yeah. out that, yes, they are real people with real <laughs> lives and thoughts and feelings. Like That's just so cool to hear because you hear so much about people in the entertainment industry just being the, just the biggest something-somethings that I can't say on a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> I know a and few it's of just, those, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, Thankfully, man. most of the ones are not connected to Turtles. There's only one I would say is, and I'm not going to go into who that is. Ah, come on. <laughs> you, you don't have to give us any names, but yeah, has anyone ever been disrespectful to you? I mean, you don't have to name drop anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this one. Yeah. Um, he agreed to an interview. Uh, I told him I'm tr- I was only here at this event to see him. I got about a six-hour drive and would like to be able to get on the road soon. And he goes, no, I can't do it till after the uh, convention. Aww. So I'm stuck waiting, and he comes out and blows me off to take a woman up to his hotel room. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, you know what? I spent so much at your booth for autographs. I waited all day for you. I, I don't need to see you again. And then I get stuck still seeing him at events and i seen him disrespect jim he was a guest sitting at a booth right next to jim made sure jim pushed his table away from him what jim lawson oh, wow. yes jeez wow you don't mess with jim and lawson this, this this i'm not this person is not from the comic industry i will just say he's from the movie industry so it's not like he had much connection with the guys yeah yeah. But still, everyone else that was guests, and we had a lot of guests, um, I think there was about 10 Ninja Turtle guests at this convention, most of the other guests were also keeping his their distance from him. Wow. So I saw it was not just me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I've heard other fan stories about him as well, because he's part of a different media, and yeah. to those fans, he's amazing. But to the fans of Turtles that want to give him attention, he's um, more brush off. Wow. To huh. the point where he was supposed to be at some Ninja Turtle panels that I was hosting. 
and the convention staffers were excited about it, mm-hmm. and he was a no-show both times. Wow. Oh. So, uh, Josh, I, I apologize, man. You were right in the middle of something, and I just kind of... No, 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 that's cool, man. Just, you, man, don't I know how to bring out a good time in everybody, man. So... <laughs> No, if I could, since since we're talking, since you mentioned the uh, the movie side of things, I was I'm really curious what you thought of the uh, most recent Ninja Turtle film, the Out of the Shadows movie. I liked it way better than the 2014 film. Yeah, um, I know I haven't done a I, review. I saw your uh, review of the trailer, and I always I never saw an actual review of the movie from you. And I was just, yeah, because I was life curious. just went too insane at that point, so I haven't been able to yeah. get around to filming it. Um, I will say that Bebop and Rock City made that movie for me. Me too. Um, yep. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've I, heard people complaining about them checking in their pants, but even that, <laughs> I'm just like, it's stupid. Bebop and Rocksteady—they're dumb, <laughs> and they finally got them right. Because I'm not a big fan of them in the Nickelodeon series, and they were some of my favorite characters as kids. And yeah. I feel that movie actually brought the characters to life, as I would picture them in a more. Uh, advanced movie about them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, the, uh, the only character that really, and I can't get over it every time I watch the movie, I, he's nails on glass almost every scene, is Baxter Stockman. And oh, I know God. my one tra- <laughs> in the trailer review, I mentioned that he reminded yeah. me of the Nutty Professor, and people picked <laughs> yep. on me for that. But seriously, his personality, wanting to high-five the Shredder, his constant laugh, no fear of the Shredder whatsoever. Yeah, true. Um, it was not how I saw Baxter. Baxter's usually got a bit more of an ego to himself. He yeah. fears and hates the Shredder. I'm just, oh, <laughs> they portrayed him. It killed me inside because I have so much respect for the Baxter Stockman personality. My favorite version of him is the four kids one uh, played by Scott Williams. I love that. So when I've watched this movie, it's just like total opposite end of the the spectrum of who Baxter could be, and it hurts yeah. <laughs> to watch him. Um, yeah, you know, I respect your opinion, but I just I loved that so much about this Baxter, where he was just so just weird. <laughs> it's because, definitely weird. I mean, if he's if he's agreeing to make a guy into a giant rhino, he's going to be a little weird, you know. <laughs> Well, I agree he's got to be weird, but high-fiving the Shredder? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah true. <laughs> he's trying to, and you know what? I kind of I kind of feel and, the same way about Casey Jones in that movie, because as much as I like Stephen Amell, I'm kind of aware, I'm, I'm super aware of the fact that that's Stephen Amell, you know? Uh, see, not for me. For me, I don't watch Arrow. Oh, okay. yeah. So, for me, it was kind of like Megan Fox. I walked in with blank slates on both of them for these movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my version, my view of Megan Fox is an outsider who's not a fan of any of her other work, didn't really watch the Transformer movies, is that she reminds me of Paige Turco and her I, acting I see skills. That. Yeah, I can see that. So yeah. she, she's not my favorite April, but she's not my least favorite April. And it's not my, my least favorite April. It's not even the actress's fault. I blame the writers and the designers of the movie, because they just made April too much like her other characters. But this April, I'm just like, she's she's just Paige Turco. Yeah. <laughs> she's a version of Paige. And so I've been able to get through the two movies with her as April, because I don't picture Megan Fox. I don't see this Megan Fox that everyone talks about. Same thing goes with uh, Stephanie Mill. Um, 
I, when I watch him, it's somebody new to me. And what I liked about it was they were trying to give Casey an origin. And I wish they left in the yeah. scene where he talked about becoming a vigilante or going back to the police. Yeah. Um, that would have been an interesting conversation to have in the movie. So it's continuity, not just a deleted scene. And I think if they were able to do a third movie, which I highly doubt at this point, I think that we would have had more of the Casey Jones we knew out of him, which would have been fun. I got to meet him one day right after I first saw the movie. He was doing this free pizza giveaway there in New York City. We found out about it, raced, got in line, and we go through, and I'm not one of the first in line because we found out about it, and we were all the way on the other side of town, and we had to get over there. And so as I'm going through line, I hear him asking people ahead of him who their favorite turtles are. And somebody says Raphael, and he goes, man, isn't there any Mikey fans in this line? And I go, I'm a Mikey fan. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up closer, and I hear him complaining that everyone's taking only pepperoni or cheese pizza. And so I, you ask me, and I ask for my favorite, which is sitting right there in front of me. I'm like, uh, I like a uh, ham and pineapple, Hawaiian. Hey, and he goes, nice. Yes, are you from Toronto? And I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, that's very popular in Toronto. I'm like, no, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So we talked a little bit. He was extremely friendly. And then we grab a table. Most everyone's grabbing their slice of pizza and leaving the pizza place. We grabbed a table and ordered some food that they had to cook. So we could stick around. Wow. And uh, so we sit down, and I have my Build-A-Bear Mikey on the table. And we're just <laughs> watching him interact with the other fans. And it was fun to watch. Now, a lot of people were just there for the free pizza or because he's Arrow. And you could tell when Turtle fans were going through the line, they would wear something Turtles. I'd get excited and try to say hi to people. <laughs> I like meeting other fans. That's why I'm out there. I'm, I, we all have something that we're passionate about that we enjoy. Let's share it. Absolutely. And um, yeah. so when he was done, he comes out this door right next to my sister and I. And a camera guy uh, or producer or something comes up to him and says, hey, uh, we need to get some video of you saying what you were doing here. And he looks around and he sees my Mikey doll on the table and he grabs it off the table and then looks at me and says, mind if I borrow this? <laughs> I'm like, like, sure, go sure, ahead. Sure, sure. <laughs> so he starts the video, and then he pulls me into the video as well. I've never seen this video, but uh, that was uh, my meeting with him. I got him to autograph my ticket, and I got my picture with him. Uh, so I, he was really into it. Uh, I do believe he was a turtle fan before he got into it, and I actually felt that he was trying to bring on the role that the producers and the directors saw of Casey. But I feel that that's what all of them were trying to do. They're, they're following the script. Yeah. The direction that the movie goes is never the actor's fault. Right. And um, I think Casey could have been a lot more fun if they let him just let go with those skills as Casey Jones. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I did enjoy the, the fight between him and Bebop and Rocksteady. Mm -hmm. That oh, was so. a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, speaking of the movie, so do you have a favorite? My favorite movie will always be the first. Uh, that was the correct choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so excited with the NECA figurines that are coming out that look just like the guys. Yeah. Um, for me, I grew up in a home where our, our, we had our costumes made for us every Halloween. My dad was winning world costume competitions before I was born. So oh, when wow. it comes to costumes, 
I appreciate them like no one would believe. I mean, we love the Howard the Duck movie because it was a suit, not, you know, some kind of cartoon or something. Well, we did like Roger Rabbit. They did it right, uh, <laughs> mixing cartoon and hu- humans. But when it came to the costumes of that first movie, I was looking for those flaws. And my first 50 to 100 times watching the movie, I didn't notice the knee not being there. I didn't notice that you could see Corey's face. I couldn't stop looking into the eyes of those costumes. Wow. And I'm like, these things are so amazing. And then my dad's making me my costume for Halloween. And I want to be Michelangelo. And then all of a sudden, people are asking if we do birthday parties. My first time wearing the costume, I was mobbed by over 100, 200 people easily. Wow. No wanting kidding. my autograph, thinking I was part of the Coming Out of the Shells tour. Wow. Uh, so I had to study how to walk and talk like a turtle. Did I watch the cartoon? No, I watched the movie again and again. So the voice that I studied for my Michelangelo was totally Robbie Riss. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when it came to the walking, I was studying Michelin Sisti. For me, my heroes of the past that I wanted to meet more than anyone on the top of my list. And I had three names, and I had, I still have all my interviews, magazines and everything, D, uh, VHS tapes stacked up on these guys. It was Mitchell and Sisty, Leif Tilden, and Ernie Race Jr. And I think the greatest feeling in the world is now I can say all three of them are my friends. That's awesome. Wow. That's cool. I never thought that as a kid that I'd meet them. Uh, Ernie inspired me to stand up for myself, being a nine-year-old who was beating adults in competition. Um, Michelin was and Leaf were costumers in their interviews when they talked about wearing the suits. I could relate to because I grew up wearing heavy foam rubber suits. And the first one I met was Misha at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And then in 2009, I met Ernie. And then I think it was 2011, I'm doing all these interviews for Cowabunga Corner. We're jumping around L.A., and I'm like, you know, I got to meet Leaf. I got to meet Leaf. And he became the biggest challenge and got me to do something I would normally never do because I'm not one of those fans who think that we should interfere with a celebrity's life in any way. Right. Uh, like, if we get their phone number, and trust me, I have a lot of phone numbers I've never called. I have a full book of them sitting next to me of people who worked on Turtles 2. Um, I've never called any of the numbers in that book and they're probably no longer good anymore because this is a, a set call list from 1991, but I, uh, I don't do that kind of stuff. So I start trying the way that I will do, which is asking the other actors. So I asked Misha, have you heard from Leaf? No, no, not since they did dinosaurs. He showed up to a few Henson parties after that, then just disappeared. So I asked Stephen Ho, have you heard from Leaf? Oh, no, not since we worked on the Turtle movie. I'm like, oh, man. But Misha gave me a hint of what he last knew that Leaf did as a job. And I took that hint, and I searched his name, and I found a phone number. I was shaking holding this number. I'm in L.A. I only have a certain amount of time where I can get these interviews together. And this is a dream meetup for me to meet the last of the three and I just don't think it's possible so I stare at that list that phone number for two weeks 
And one day, I got up without telling the people I was staying with, not even my sister, what I was doing. And I walked outside because we're staying with our friend Sin Lee from the fandom. She just passed away last year. I miss her. I can't believe how much I miss her. Um, I walked outside, and I made the call. And he answers the phone. I go, is this Leif Tilden? And he goes, yes, it is. Who's this? And I'm like, hi, my name is Michelle Ivey. I run a Ninja Turtle blog called Cowabunga Corner. And I'd really, really love to interview you <laughs> for your work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I'm a very big fan of yours. And he goes, no, you're a fan of the turtle. I'm like, no, I've read all your interviews. I'm a costumer. I am a fan of yours. Wow. He goes, is this a joke? And I'm like, no, it's not. And so we talk on the phone, and I could tell the way he's talking that he's not so sure about this. And he tells me to call him back in a few days. So I call him back. But before I call him back, I need to find out where we're going to do the interview. And I contact Stephen Ho. And I'm like, Stephen, would you like to see Leaf again? He goes, yeah. I'm like, can we come to your shop and interview Leaf there? Yeah, yeah, that, that would be fantastic. So I get a hold of Leaf, and he tells me to give him a, a number just in case. And I don't give him my phone number. I give him Stephen Ho's phone number. (laughs) (laughs) And so sure enough, the day we set up, we're walking there. He has no clue Stephen Ho was even part of this. And we get a call from Stephen. Leaf has canceled. And I'm like, oh, man. And so I'm disappointed. I go, me and my sister end up at our favorite Denny's in um, Hollywood over on Gower Street. And we're just sitting there, and I get a voicemail. And I listen to the voicemail, and it's Leaf going, Oh, my God, I had to cancel today, but I just had an hour-long conversation with Stephen Ho. It brought back so many memories. I'm so into this. I, I, he showed me to his, your website. You're crazy. Uh, we have to do this interview. <laughs> so we call, we reschedule, and he shows up, and I was there for a uh, 20-year reunion of Donatello and his stunt double Stephen Ho. Wow, and, that is awesome. Uh, I helped arrange that. Now, all of a sudden, Leaf is doing conventions, and I'm so happy to see him out there and embracing the fandom now, because he was scared of it at first, you know? He admitted to me that he canceled because he was getting cold feet from just going and meeting some fan, but he's so glad that he did it, and it's such a good feeling to know I helped bring him out to where people can meet him because he's worth meeting. And it's, if you haven't seen it, it's the funniest interview on Cowabunga Corner. That's awesome. So, so tell us about that. Tell us about your website and you know how long you've been you've been doing it and and how people can find it. Uh, Cowabunga Corner is www.cowabunga spelled with a c corner dot com. Um, and I started it. In 2010, at this point, I've had a lot of camera crews come to my house and chop up the story in different ways, but never sharing the stories I want to share about my fandom. Always just saying that I'm a large fan, not saying that the reason I'm a large fan is because of these amazing people behind the scenes yeah. um, and how much they actually helped me and why they helped me. Like I say, I learned to read the turtles. Well, I'm dyslexic. I was a first grade reader in fifth grade. And school wasn't helping me. They told me I was too old for reading help and kicked me out of the reading program. And I was failing every spelling test in school. 
And Turtles inspired me. My mom was getting me the comic books. I was having to learn to read words like animatronic from the magazines. So, and then the internet came along and to talk to other Turtle fans, I had to read and write. So, and the Turtles made that big of an impact. And then people are saying, you know, coming up VH1, oh, she's trying to become a real turtle. I was getting tired of the media's spin on my story. They were trying to make it a depressing one, and, like, one of the free press articles sounded like I had this sob story, while VH1 made me sound crazy. And then this lady came from a local news station. It was for the Detroit Free Press, and they do some little bit. I think it was Channel 7 ABC shows a little bit of the free press news each morning. And she came to my house. She did only, like, a 30-second no, she did a 30-minute interview thing, and she did so good. She was there, gone. It was just her. Nobody else came. And I watched it, and I'm like, wait, she could do this? I could do this. So I start filming, and I didn't have any knowledge on editing video. So the first episode of Cowabunga Corner, one, didn't have a name originally, and it was just going to be one long shot of me talking. So anytime I made a blooper, I stopped the video and started all the way at the beginning. No. Oh, wow. And then I got a phone call in the middle of it from uh, Phoenix, which is a member of Team TL and one of my best friends on the Internet since 1998. And Phoenix like, what you up to? And I'm like, I'm trying to film a blog for my YouTube channel. <laughs> and I'm failing <laughs> miserably. And she's like, can I edit it? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I film it. And I send her the video, and then she gets back to me, and she goes, what do you want to call it? I'm like, what? What do you want to name this video? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> um, and so I sent three names. And I don't remember what the third one was, but one of them was um, Ivy's blog. Very simple like that. And then I sent Cowabunga Corner, and I sent one other that was turtle-related. And I just, off the top of my head, can't recall what that one was. Mm -hmm. I know I have the log of the conversation somewhere. Uh, but she uh, comes back and says, we're going with Calabunga Corner. And we put it up, and it became a hit. I got so many messages on the side, not just the stuff on there. And all these websites start sharing it like, she's finally sharing her own story. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, that was done really fast, Phoenix. How about if we just do these weekly? I didn't picture my life getting as sane as it has, or this getting as big as it did. Um, so we started doing it weekly, and I realized this is a little bit more work than I originally thought. So how about we do 26 episodes a year? And I thought that's all it was going to be, 26 episodes of Cowabunga Corner. And then that following November... Uh, she contacts me and says, I created a website for it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what do I do with that? So that sat <laughs> empty for the longest time besides for Phoenix putting the episodes of Cowabunga Corner on it. I had no clue what to do with a website. And uh, then I'm like, well, I guess I could do movie reviews and stuff. So I start trying to bring the website to life. And then it was 2012. I was at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm in line for the Nickelodeon panel. 
and I'm not even first in line. Some others were able to get in ahead of me. And these suits are walking to go into the panel room. And the group of suits beeline when they see me and walk right up to me going, Michelle Ivy. I'm like, <laughs> who are you? And they start introducing themselves, one of which Manuel, one of the main guys at Viacom World Headquarters, who's wow. running the Turtles. Then we also had uh, Pat Linden from Playmates Toys. And they start talking. And one, one of the questions that they came up was, why don't you do toy reviews? Like, I never thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're going to send you the turtle layer. We want you to review it. And the next thing I know, I have Playmates Toys contacting me to review toys. And my website took a turn. And now the website has a lot more toy reviews on it. Even since Cowabunga Corner has been quiet since season five because my life has taken this weird spin, which it's it's changing around when I get this house. I'll have a Cowabunga Corner room again. There um, you go. <laughs> uh, but I started doing all these toy reviews, and that, that got me into doing uh, things like Toy Fair, getting <laughs> to go and see all the new toys coming out for the year. This was the first year I didn't go. And I didn't apply to go, even though I know I could have probably got in, because I haven't been keeping up the website as much as I'd want to. And I'd rather people get those passes into that who are actually going to be able to do the media stories connected to it than just going for the fun of it. I, right. I only go if I can actually put my heart into doing the work that's involved. Well, God bless you. And, that's um, awesome. So I'm hoping to get it all back running so I can go again next year. Um, it all depends on the speed of getting the new sewer set built. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it sounds like you're just getting started. Oh, yeah. It's a new road. It's a new road. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the la- the last question I'll ask you, Michelle, and then we'll we'll let you go is uh, probably the question we always you know end our interviews on, and, it, and it's this one: What do the Ninja Turtles mean to you personally? You know, after after all these years being involved so heavily in the Turtles, and I can tell you are just an incredibly passionate fan and and friend of the whole universe. So, what does it mean to you personally? Friendship. Friend was the right word right there. Because of Turtles, I was alone. I only had my family, really. Um, I was getting beaten at school. I would uh, hide and just draw because I felt others did not really see me for who I am. And um, I was used by every friend I had before I got into Turtles. And because of the Turtles, I now have friends to the point where it's hard to keep up with all of my friends. <laughs> um, and a lot of those friends are amazing people who happen to have a cool job. Um, I know it's easy to look at them as celebrities like Kevin and Peter and Misha, Townsend, Rob. Um, but when you get down to the heart of it, they're humans. And they're putting themselves on the spotlight for us. They're taking themselves out of a normal life and giving what they can to make people happy. And that's what I've always wanted to do with my life was make people happy. And if you can make somebody smile a day, your day is done. And if you can make a hundred people smile, wow, you're, you're doing amazing. (laughs) So for me, the turtles have always brought this joy and uh, this passion that, 
if it can make me happy, it can make other people happy, and it can help other people find friends. It can help other people learn how to defend themselves without relying on a superpower or somebody else coming to save them. It can help people the way that they helped me when I was a kid. And I want to see it stay out there, continue out there for new generations, even if there's slight changes, because I just feel that this is something that can make more friendships and better days ahead. And every fandom has somebody who feels that way about their fandom. Wow. Well, beautifully said. <laughs> Man, I, got a little, I, I swear to God, I got a little misty right there. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> She's, you're supposed to make us smile, not cry. <laughs> Man, you know what? Just, I love doing this show. I mean, uh, because we get to meet, I mean, yeah. outside of, you know, Rob, who is a very good friend of mine. Um, getting to meet people like you really just reinforces the fan, the the love and admiration for the fandom that we have chosen. Um, just hearing your story, it just reaffirms my uh, faith in the Ninja Turtles. I really, and it really is that. I know that sounds dramatic, but it is faith in this franchise that I have. And I, I just really appreciate you being on the show, taking the time out of your day getting up after only sleeping for three hours, I'm going to imagine. And because Rob had to be done early. Oh, uh, um, I'm sorry. I <laughs> know, uh, just, I really appreciate everything that you are doing. I really, yeah. you, you, you've got another fan right here. Yeah. You know, I, Same here. Thank you very much. No problem. I enjoy meeting fans. I'm fans of other fans because that way we can all, we're, we're all equal. It's it's not about what we've done, where we've been, what we own. It's all about the passion in our own hearts. And that's that's the main thing for a fandom. And that's how we all really connect. So I, I'm fans of all the other fans I meet. I get excited meeting fellow fans. If I see someone wearing a turtle shirt, I'm like, hey, awesome shirt! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I can only echo what, what Josh said. I thank you so much for coming on, and uh, boy, I've, I've got so much respect for you and what you've done for the Ninja Turtle universe, and you're a friend of ours now, and you are welcome on the show anytime. I had so many other questions, and just ran out of time, um, but if you want to come back, you always have a home here on Turtle Flakes. Uh, I'm definitely up for it. Anytime you guys want me, just let me know. Oh, sounds I'll, great. I'll be back. <laughs> sounds I'll good. Be back. Michelle, I got one. I, I lied to you. I know I said I had the last question was the last one. I do have one more question, and it's a question everyone wants to know. What kind of pizza are we going to have to close out another Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Hawaiian! Yeah! See, Josh oh, hates God. Josh hates pineapple, so I, oh. I was so happy when you said that because that's my no. favorite pizza. I like pineapple. I think pineapple's great. It does not belong on pizza. Oh, get out of here. It's delicious on yeah, pizza. Darn right. Uh, all right, well. All right, here we go. Have, I, I will relent. Fine. All right, I'll give you the biggest slice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. All right, dudes, you do that. Here's to hoping uh, you enjoy your mega slice of uh, uh, pineapple pizza. So, cowbunga, dudes. I got to do this once for every show that I'm on. Cowbunga! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Fighting us so badly on it, but she needs to be potty trained because she's going to be four in September, and it's just it's it's just hard to break her out of 
you need you know you, you need to wear we have her in pull-ups so that's a good step forward yeah like because we just put her in i mean i just kind of thought let's just put her in panties right and you know and then because because i don't know how babies think like let's just put her in panties and then she's like okay <laughs> great let's try that and nicole knew what was going to happen and then she and then grace and pete on my spot on the couch <laughs> so that idea went out the window uh well well shall we call michelle real quick Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna turn my video off. Okay. Because my internet's a little slow. Ah, whatever. You just don't want to see uh, your ugly mug. Oh no, it's okay. I mean, you know, I've already, I'm already tied down. I don't need to. <laughs> I'm don't need to worry, man. That's true. Yeah. Who do you got to impress? <laughs> uh, I gotta kind of make sure that this stays a ten for to keep Nicole's interest. I <laughs> uh, think you want dinner. You better use sit-ups. Okay. Uh, well, I'm She's doing my donut like curls. Yeah, she's not like that at all. If anything, she tells me to eat dinner and stop doing your sit-ups. So. <laughs> That's a good woman. So how you feeling? Uh, I, I know this is pretty early for you. Oh, I, I'm okay. I'm just a night owl, so... Oh, bless your heart. What, <laughs> what time did you go to bed? Uh, 2 a.m. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, bless your heart. Josh and I, we're kind of old. We go to bed uh, pretty, pretty early. <laughs> Well, I'm working on a house right now, so I'm out most of the day trying to get my house together, and then I get back here and crash late at night. Wow. So is this going to be the uh, new turtle layer for you? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, if you don't care, we'll try to snag you for maybe about a half hour, 45 minutes. Is that okay? Totally cool. All right. Well, now, Josh, you got to help me here, buddy. See, last Michelle, last interview we had... I talked way too much, and Josh talked way too little. So I'm going to make sure he gets his questions in first. <laughs> oh, man. Because I rattle on sometimes. But uh, uh, but I'll just go ahead and uh, take us in, and we will do this thing. All right. Okay. I'm a talker, too. Oh, good, good. Okay, well, so this will be great. <laughs> Thank God for radio. All yeah. right. <laughs> That'd be great. I'll edit that in the next... Oh, sorry. I'll shut up. (laughs) Trust me, there's others out there that have treated me pretty bad at cons. Uh, There's one lady who I tell people to avoid like a plague, and I don't even know if she's still doing cons. I hope she's not. She should be retired by now. Um, The way she treated even her own own grandchildren at a con was not excusable. So, um, uh, she's... And I went up originally to thank her because she gave my grandma a beautiful memory. My grandma's only in convention the same year my grandma passed away. And so I went up to thank her and uh, I told her last year you you made my grandma's day. Um, This was one of her favorite memories. I just want to say thank you and let you know that she passed away since you met her. And she looked at me and said, are you going to buy anything? And uh, I'm like, "Um, no, goodbye. Wow. And uh, but she's caused more risk with my own family by having costumes kicked out of the same hallway as her. Oh my as um, uh, one time, uh, this lady and her kid was standing at the table next to her, and the daughter sneezed, and this lady looked at her and goes, "Is that thing sick?" Oh my goodness! No, she's just got allergies. Well, get it away! Get it away! 
There's definitely some people out there, and I've heard other horror stories, because when I go to cons, I sit a lot of times in the green rooms with the guests, and they will talk about each other. Yeah. You will hear who, who everyone hates at a con by just sitting around the other guests and seeing their reactions. And usually it's because of how they're treating fans yeah. or their own egos of acting like they're better than others. Um, it's gotten certain things stuck in my head about certain celebrities, even if I only got one or two experiences with them. I know the stories, and I'm like, I don't want to know those people. Yeah. And I just take that, like, if you're not there because you want to be there for the fans, then I'm not going to go and spend my money or my time with you. Amen to that. I agree with that. Good for you. There's better things to concentrate on. Like, you guys ever go to a convention, and you see the name Felix Sella on the guest list. Not many people know he's Turtle Connected, because his work... He never got to do the work that he was supposed to, but he was paid and flown out to the sets of Turtles 1 and 2. He was supposed to be Splinter's stunt double. Huh. Wow. So he has his own stories, but he was Howard the Duck's stunt double, and he was the original cousin it for the old Adams Family series, and he was Cindy Brady's stunt double on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, talking to the people, like when I first started talking with Felix, it was because of his Adams Family stuff. Talking with people, you learn more about them, and you find some very, very cool, fun stuff. If they're there because they like to be there. Right. If they're there just because they want a paycheck, then they're not the people I need to meet. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Smile at the end of the day, not go, oh, man, I can't believe I talked to that person. <laughs>